welcome to the Hibs Observer Monday morning briefing with myself, Liam Bryce and Patrick McPartland. Uh, just to review Saturday's Scottish Cup win over Forfar and how we look ahead to Wednesday night's big Premiership clash against Rangers. Um, looking back over Saturday's game a wee bit later than we intended, uh, so apologies for that folks, but uh, by the time we were finished with post-match pressers stuff on Saturday, it was... Uh, Unfortunately, it was closing time at Station Park and we had to make our way back down the road after a, a 1-0 victory for Hibs. Um, Patrick, I don't know if you want to join me and maybe making a wee promise to our subscribers that after this next maybe 20, 25 minutes, we'll never speak of that 90 minutes again. Yes. <laughs> Deal. It wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, it was job done, which is all, what it's all about on these days, you know, you just need to get yourself through to the next round, forget about it. Um, but it, it was a, it was a tough, it was a hard watch, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, I mean, I think you look at, you look at games like, you know, pitting Premiership opposition against lower league sides. We saw it with Aberdeen and Darville. We nearly saw it with Spartans and Hearts just before the, uh, for the Farfra Hibs game that, you know, they can be banana skins. There's, you know, it's not often that, you know, every single Premiership team when paired with, you know, a team that's several places below them in the pyramid is, is going to end up in a sort of 5 or 6-0 uh, victory for the big team, as it were. But, yeah, as you say, the, the main thing is getting through these these games and getting into the hat for the next round. But, I mean, it was just... It, it wasn't great, I think, from for, for a lot of reasons. I mean, Hibs played like a team that was missing sort of 9 or 10 potential starters. Um, certainly played like a team that hadn't uh, played a competitive match in, in the sort of best part of three weeks. And in all honesty, I thought Farfar were very unlucky, um, you know, not to not to get anything from it. I mean, at least take it to extra time. Um, you know, they obviously had a, a flurry of chances early on and you know, hit the post, uh, I think, after mm -hmm. about three minutes. Yeah. And I think that, that really should have been a wake-up call for him, and it wasn't. Um, I think they rode their luck time and time again, even when they got the penalty. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's well struck enough, but it's a, it's a good save from Mark McCallum. And you know, I think it was. I think it was when that happened. You know, doubt starts to set in. The you know, can Hibs actually get through this, or is this going to be, you know, yet another another sort of infamous uh, defeat by a by lower league opposition in a in a cup tournament? And you know, there's been a lot of them in in recent history. Um, but yeah, I think just the conditions can't have helped. And you know, you're playing you're playing against a team that's really got nothing to lose. And you know, you look at their previous form, you look at four wins uh, in the league and in League Two, points for nothing. Um, you know, these cup games can always go, like, anyway. And, you know, you look at the, the wind was swirling around, it's a tight pitch, it's, you know, artificial. And, you know, they're not excuses um, for the players, but I think a lot of elements probably, you know, combining to make it a, a sort of really, a really difficult day at the office for Hibs. And, obviously, Christian Dodge's second half either the difference, but... You know, obviously, I think we'll talk about talk about the Inverness uh, away game a little bit later. But you know, that's mm -hmm. that's that's potentially another another iffy iffy game for Hibs. Another yeah. one that you know they could come unstuck if they're not. You know, it's a horrible tie, isn't it? Yeah. It's, a, it's a stinker. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just can I agree with pretty much everything you said there about Saturday wasn't great. Um, but these ties, you know, they're they're very rarely a walkover. Um, you know, it's. For every, all the reasons you've sort of listed there, you know, a team that are going to be, you know, right up for a tight pitch, weather conditions not great, not with a competitive game for a few weeks. It's all these kind of wee elements that, and obviously the amount of players missing, they just add up just to kind of 
<laughs> just make it that bit more, um, you know, dodgy. I think was the word I used in the match report. That this, as soon as the you know the draw came out, it just it just felt like an extremely dodgy one for him, regardless of Forfar's previous form. Um, but I think within that, you can still give you know maybe a better account of yourselves. I think it, it was it was just a really kind of uninspired stuff. I thought in the first half, uh, obviously it's difficult to get you know through those you know two banks of you know four or five whatever it was, and it's it's you need to be patient in these games. There is an element of that required because it's I think what managers will tell the players is to you know to don't panic if you don't score in the first half of these games, you know, teams of that, you know, level will tend to tire as it goes on. The openings will come and they sort of to an extent they eventually did, not to a great deal, but I think Nick Montgomery was probably justified in his his half time anger, which he he didn't quite go in depth on with us, but he certainly alluded to it. He said, I'm glad you weren't standing outside the, the dressing room door. Um mm. And see, to be fair, I mean, you were that close to the, the dressing rooms in the press box there. I think if we'd all stopped and listened, because I probably heard every word of it. Um, but there was a sort of there was a real frustration building around in the first half. I think um, obviously it's it's weird maybe having you know the three thousand away fans maybe actually doesn't help Hibs in a sense because you know the guys are right on top of them. They were the, some of the people around us were getting really really frustrated. Um, there was a lot of booze at half time. I think there was actually more booze for the half time whistle than there was cheers when uh, Christian Deutsch's goal went in. Um, so it, it's it's one like uh, you know obviously Hibs have gotten through and, and that's all that really matters at the end of the day when it comes to the cup. But mm. I think when people travel and they expect a wee bit more, and it's just you know it's it's always a bit harsh to you know say that you know. Team should then go out and beat one of the old firm afterwards, but I think it needs to be a you know kind of a much improved performance when it comes uh, to Rangers um, on Wednesday night. Uh, but you know, we could maybe talk a bit about Christian Deutsch. Um, he spoke after the game. Um, obviously, he's in the last six months of his contract now, um, and he he's been asked about it before, hasn't he? His future, and he was a wee bit kind of didn't really give too much away. And, you know, he wasn't, you know, making any sort of definitive, you know, judgments uh, either way on Saturday. But, I mean, there was still a wee bit of an element of, you know, if suggesting that if he's not going to get the game time that he's looking for, he, he might look to um, he might look to move on. Obviously, we don't know at this point if Hibs are going to, you know, put a new contract on the table for him. He said there's been, you know, no concrete discussions at this point, maybe just kind of wee informal talks here and there. So I don't know, where do you see that one winding over the next few months, Patrick? It's it's an interesting one because when, when he's been asked about his contract situation before or you know not so much his contract situation, but when he wasn't playing so much and obviously had that loan spell at Kilmarnock, and you know, he's he's been he's been very kind of it's it's typical footballer answer. It's like, you know, I'm not thinking about that just now, or you know, we can deal with that in the future. But I felt I felt the tone had changed a little bit when he was when he was speaking um when he was speaking on Saturday after the game, he was very, very honest about, you know, having to look after himself and pointing out that it is a short career. And, you know, that, that really, you know, if he's not going to get the required game time, then, you know, he would look to move on. I think it's, the, it's really the first time that he's actually said um, about moving on because he's, you know, he's said repeatedly how much he loves it at Hibs. Um, you know, the sort of club, the players, the city, everything. Uh, obviously, his, his fiance is, is up here as well. Um 
so that that makes like a big a big difference and you know i, I think that it's a difficult one as well because he obviously went from being like looking totally out of the picture uh under lee johnson and you know has that spell with Kilmarnock, but then as he says you know he came back and he just really wanted to to knuckle down and uh i suppose just kind of prove that he still had something to offer and you know i, I think he's, he's up to like five goals for the season at the moment and i think he, he does offer something different to, to what he's already have up front and it's just whether or not you know if everyone's fit if they have a full complement of players is he going to be playing as much um you know he's obviously i think he's really the only kind of main kind of focal point that helps have an attack the sort of aerial i know he's not the, the tallest but he does he is quite good in the air and yeah i don't think he'd really have anything else like that in the team and i think he's just that kind of um he's that kind of striker who you know he's in the box he'll get on the end of things the goal at Station Park wasn't a thing of beauty. I think he'd be the first to say that, and <laughs> a certain element of goalkeeping error as well. Yeah, um, that helped him out. But you know, he's just that sort of striker who kind of you know gets something on you know loose balls in the box, and yeah, you know, I, I think we've said this in a previous call, but he's, he's the only hip sub to come off the bench and, and actually contribute with a goal um, in Montgomery's time at the club, which I think is you know admittedly it was a, a consolation goal against Celtic. At, at Parkhead, but you know there is obviously there's there's a player in there, and I know there was a time when he just maybe didn't look, maybe didn't look sort of at full strength. Obviously, I think he was he was suffering with injuries. I think he had uh, he had COVID for a spell as well, which he, he spoke about how much that had taken out of him. But just in terms of the contract situation, I think we there are a few players out of contract in the summer, big players, um, you know, Paul Hanlon, Lewis Stevenson, David Marshall, Doidge, and. Jimmy Jekyll's another one, you know, players who are sort of playing quite regularly. And it feels like any time you ask Nick Montgomery about this, then it's very much kind of kicking the can down the road, like, I will deal with that later. And I just wonder whether, and this makes sense, and I think this has probably been a, this has probably been an issue for Hibs in, in previous seasons, that they've just, they've maybe looked to get business done a little bit too quickly in terms of, uh, in terms of offering new contracts. Whereas, you know, if they can wait and sort of like push it down the road as far as they can and then see what else is available, how other players perform, what you know, what becomes a possibility in terms of, you know, recruitment, who might come in. I mean, Nick Montgomery said himself on, on Friday that, you know, the, the nature of the January transfer window alone, you can think that a deal's done on the Monday and then by the Tuesday it's you know, it's off because something unforeseen has happened. Like, you know, the selling club or the, the other club has has problems getting in a replacement or the player decides to go elsewhere. So it's I think it is probably worth kind of seeing you know, see what sort of transpires over the remainder of the season. Um, I certainly think Deutsch has has something to offer, but at the same time, you know, Hibs might be Hibs might be keen to offer him sort of like you know a new deal on reduced terms, or you know, just a, a new deal. But again, if he's not, if he doesn't think he's going to be playing that much, then it might not make a difference. No matter how much he loves the club, um, you know, he might be mm-hmm. he might be looking to move on. And he's he's been he's been at the club for for nearly five years and. You know, I think it's. I just couldn't. I couldn't help but feel when he when he was talking on Saturday that you know the tone had changed a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I just wonder whether there is almost like a, a kind of feeling of, you know, all good things must come to an end, and you know he's maybe got half a mind on on moving on. So it'll be an interesting one to see how how that sort of pans out over the the remainder of the season because I do think he has something, um, you know, left to offer to the team. But whether or not Montgomery agrees or you know, if it actually, 
you know, if he is able to contribute to the level that they would want him to, I think that remains to be seen. Yeah, I mean, because as you say, he was quite, you know, I thought he was very relaxed discussing it. You know, it, it, you know, sometimes when players get asked these questions and they can kind of understandably sort of clam up a wee bit, but, you know, he was kind of just a wee bit, you know, what will happen will happen. Um, quite open and saying that, you know, I need to, I need to be playing um, and that'll that'll probably be the, the deciding factor um, you know if he's been told you know we're not offering you a contract so obviously you need to go somewhere else or you know it, as you say maybe reduced terms and a reduced role and it's I mean I don't know when I say reduced role I, I don't know if he'd be willing to accept anything that's more bit part than he, than he mm -hmm. can already has been this season you've got to imagine you know that Dylan Venti will be back in uh, to play Rangers, obviously Adam Lafondra to come back. Uh, you know, Nick Montgomery's he's taken to playing Martin Boyle through the middle um, quite a lot, and obviously you know he's to, he's got to come back into the the squad as well. So I mean, I do I really do agree that he offers something completely different um, to everybody else, and he he touched on that himself on Saturday. You know that he's quite confident and quite secure in the knowledge that you know I can bring something to this team that that nobody else quite can. <laughs> And it's, but it's just, I think if it's, we're getting towards the summer and, you know, we don't know how the rest of the season is going to go if we're maybe getting into that time. And th there could be a feeling that Hibs need a sort of significant reset um, in terms of personnel. Um, and I feel like he could potentially be one of the guys who, in other circumstances, might stay. But if the manager feels that he needs a you know a big overhaul in the summer, then he may be one of the ones I think who are I don't think sacrificed is the right word, but you know just as a knock-on effect of that, um, becomes one of the ones that moves on, and he's clearly very relaxed about it. And I think I feel like there's there are still probably plenty of Premiership teams who would take a punt on a Christian Deutsch, um, just in terms of his his attributes. Um, you know, he's, he's a a type of player that would fit the way that a lot of premiership teams like to play, you know, they like to mm -hmm. play with a guy who can hold the ball up, who can provide a bit of a physical presence and, you know, kind of chip in with goals, um, even if not, you know, absolutely prolifically, although he does have a very good record in the Scottish Cup. Um, he seems to really enjoy playing in the Scottish Cup. Um, just before maybe we move on to, to Rangers, I actually meant to mention this um, earlier. Uh, it was the set pieces. On Saturday, um, that was the biggest yes. kind of source of source of terror um, for the everybody of a Hibs persuasion inside the station park. And it actually got to the point I noticed where, um, whenever Foffer had the, the opportunity to put the ball in the box, that Hibs took to not leaving anybody up the park whatsoever. It was everybody uh -huh. back in the box, and it. I think um, I think if, if it's Dodge that cleared one off the line, and I think certainly yeah. if it wasn't. Um, if it wasn't for Paul Hanlon, who I thought was pretty good, um, he's kind of probably one of the few to get uh, pass marks from the, the game on Saturday. If it wasn't for Paul Hanlon, I think Foffer probably would have scored from one of those. It was um, it was kind of seat-of-the-pants stuff at times, wasn't it? It was, and to be fair, this is nothing new. I mean, anyone who's been watching Hibs yeah. for, you know, the past however many years knows that if you want to cause, you know, absolute mayhem in the Hibs box, then just launch everything in there. Corners, throw-ins, free kicks, you know, goal kicks. Just basically get the ball in there and sort of sit back and watch absolute chaos ensue and then hope you can get a toe on something. And you know, yeah, you can point to the wind. I mean, you, you could see you could see the ball swirling around um on Saturday, but it's not an excuse. I mean, even when there's no wind, it still seems to be this 
sort of like this, this huge problem area for for Hibs. And I know that you know obviously, obviously there's not been there's maybe not been the centre back recruitment that the clubs needed mm-hmm. in recent years. And you know we've discussed this before that you know it's it's like a real issue that you know the club is now in you know the tougher of the two transfer windows with basically three sort of senior centre backs. One of whom is a twenty year old on loan. Uh, the other, you know, one of whom is currently on international duty, and you know, with Riley Harbottle sort of seemingly out of the pitch. I mean, Jacob Blaney was on the bench on on Saturday, but I, mean, I don't know whether that was down almost to you know necessity because it was it was a small bench. There was you know there wasn't a lot uh, there wasn't a lot of beef in that hip squad uh, in terms of like numbers and availability. So you know, once again, it's the January transfer window and Hibs are kind of scrapping around for you know one maybe two centre backs. And yeah, I mean, I think I, I I like Will Fish. I think he's a he's a good he's a good player. I think he's sometimes forget that he is only just twenty and he's not played a lot of senior football. Um, but I did think he was I think he was quite poor on on Saturday. I think he would probably think that himself. Um, he certainly had better games uh, this season. And you know, as you say, like you know, Paul Hanlon, I think yeah did. You know, did sort of it was a Paul Hanlon performance where you know it was a kind of solid six, seven out of ten. Um, but you know, Hibs, Hibs really need a, a big commanding centre half in there, ideally a kind of left sided one. Just someone, I mean, you know, I've seen on social media recently, you see people talking about Rob Jones, um, you know, John Hughes, even just you know, centre halves who will just sort of command the back line roar at the other defenders and, and really just sort of make sure that you know the team is just not so susceptible to, to set pieces. Um I mean Forfer must be wondering how they didn't get anything out of any of those set pieces. Because I mean it looked like every time they sort of threw a ball in there it was just panic stations. And you know again this is something that you know it's it's been an issue for him for a long time. Whether it's you know crosses coming in, whether it's you know it's just there is something there is some sort of curse on the Hibs defence that you know situations like that they just they just panic and you know I'm sure Montgomery and the coaching staff will be aware of that and I'm sure that's that's something they'll be keen to um, stamp out. I mean they need to obviously, um, but I suppose that's also why you know I mean I know you know Hibs side Hibs side Melida is a, a kind of forward and everyone's going hang on a minute you know we need. We need reinforcements at the back first, but I think it's it's such a specialised role playing centre half in a Nick mm-hmm. Montgomery team. And as he said, you know, you need people who can hit the ground running. You need people who, you know, are essentially better than what you've got, if possible. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, it's January the twenty second, the you know, the end of the window is kind of bearing down on us quite quickly. But you know, you'd imagine that if centre backs are going to be brought in, then. You know, they have to be able to come in and make an impact. They have to, essentially like Will Fish, I suppose, you know, they have to be able to come in and just sort of really improve that defence. Because it's, it's one thing looking at, in, in terms of league form, that Hibs have scored, I think, the most goals outside Celtic and Rangers. Like, nobody else has, has scored more goals than uh, than sort of Hibs outside of, uh, outside of the sort of Glasgow too. And, you know that's great, but when you look at how many they've conceded, I think there's only two teams that have conceded more, and so that's mm-hmm. you know, kind of tells you where the problems lie. And you know January is not the time to completely solve um, you know that issue, but you could certainly you could certainly shore it up a bit. Certainly put a stick and plaster over it until the summer, and then that's when you know you can possibly look at kind of overhauling it a bit more and, and bringing in players who 
you know, are potentially going to be at the club for the longer term rather than just, you know, what is likely to be a, a kind of short-term loan um, that they've got in this window. So, yeah, I think for, for the sort of general, the general sort of good health of, of Hibs fans and, and probably Nick Montgomery as well, they do need to do um, something about the defence, something quite, something quite drastic. Um, but I don't, you know, it's, it's obviously not a case that the club's not working on it. It's just, yeah. You know, I think it's probably it's probably reassuring that the club is sort of taking time to try and find the right characters uh, to come in, rather than just sort of saying, "Well, we'll take this player because he's available and hope for the best." Which, mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, I think has probably happened in the past. And you know, there's Luke Amos obviously is on trial as well. He's not a centre back, but he he is a defensively uh, defensive minded midfielder, and even that could make a difference. Having a player in there just to kind of protect the the back four a little bit. Um, who can also kind of drop deep and, and act as an auxiliary centre half when the fullbacks are pushing on. But I mean, however they solve it, it needs it needs solved because, I mean, if a team third bottom of League Two can do that to Hibs, then you know teams in the Premiership are going to have an absolute field day, and you know that must be that must be a big concern. And I know I know it wasn't a sort of first choice Hibs eleven. I know there were a lot mm-hmm. of players, missing, but the fact is that even when it is you know as much the strongest team as possible, it's it's still an issue. It's still a problem, and. You know, I think I think Saturday just really illustrated how how much of an issue it is, and you know how important it is that it's it's sorted uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously, Wednesday night will be an altogether different kind of test. Um, you know, maybe not as many kind of long balls being launched into the box, but you are you know coming up against uh, you know the, uh, as it stands the second best side. Uh, in the league, um, you know, I know Rangers as well. If they've not had their injury problems to seek, but I think you know depth of squads and stuff. It's not really. I don't think their plight is quite as comparable to you know the how short Hibs are and bodies at the moment. Um, so it's obviously a big ask um, on Wednesday night you know, to to take a result. Often they've been going really well under Philip Clement, to be fair. Um, but how do you you know how do you see that panning out Wednesday night? It's it's tough to say, really, because you look at the you look at the performance against Borfer and think, well, if they play like that, then you know it's going to be, you know, if, if Rangers are on on top form, then it is going to be sort of pretty pretty grim viewing. But you know, I think if you get back to Easter Roads, you've got you know a big home crowd behind you, and you know you, you kind of know what to expect. I mean, obviously, you know, clubs, you know, Hibs do the do the uh, try that again. Hibs do their analysis on their opposition, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But you know they'll be more than aware of what Rangers, um, what Rangers can do, and you know that presumably helps them sort of set up to deal with it. You've also got, you know, the got players coming back. I think I wouldn't be surprised to see Kanao Egg was starting at right back rather than Rory Whitaker. Um, yeah. I think that's, I think that's probably a, a cert actually. Um, and I'm not just getting cocky because I said that Rudy Milotnikov was due to start. I'm not. I'm not like that. Um, but I think you know. I think you can also see Jordan Vita coming coming back in at left back. I thought I thought Hibbs looked much better when he came on yeah. uh, against Four for just that, that kind of just like attacking threat, just you know tidy on the ball, just sort of a bit of a calm head, and um, obviously you know necessitating Lewis Stevenson moving to right back and somehow putting in possibly the best cross of his career, which I'm still. I mean, I don't, I don't think we talked about that enough at the time, but it was... Yeah, it went a wee bit under the radar, that, didn't it? It was, it, it did. And it was, it was one of the sort of few bright spots, I think, from from what was uh, all all round a particularly forgettable day at Station Park. And some of us didn't even get a Bridie, so, you know. No, did not. All that way to not get a Bridie. 
But anyway, they're not letting it get to us. Um, but you know, I think I think there will be it will be a different team that lines up against Rangers, and you know, I think we'll see Dylan Bente coming back. Um, maybe even I don't think he would start him, but provided the paperwork comes through in time, then uh, I would imagine that Mazzani might probably be uh, right for some game time. Maybe sort of you know, fifteen twenty minutes. Um, he's obviously been playing. He's not played. I think his last competitive game was. Just before Christmas, so you know he has had a, he has had like a month off. Um, but you know, in terms of fitness, like, I think you've got nothing to lose by throwing him in for, for fifteen to twenty minutes. Um, because you know there will be players back, but at the same time, you know, Hibs are still short of so many players. The ones away in international duty, and you know the injured, the injured players who you know I, I don't think we're expecting any of them to come back uh, in time for Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, you know, unless 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 Monty's been really coy and, and sort of keeping it. Keeping it quiet, and you know, which has happened quiet. before, <laughs> has yes, it has. Um, but yeah, I, I think I mean to go back to the last time Hibs played Rangers. I know it was, um, I know it was at Ibrox. I know that it was Philippe Clement's first match in charge of, of Rangers. But I, I kind of feel that the performance by Rangers and just, I mean, it wasn't. I don't think it was the worst Hibs have played under Montgomery. It wasn't a great performance, but there was still like you know there were moments, and you thought, yeah, I can see what you're trying to do here. That's you know, I can see what you're trying trying here. It's not not worked mm-hmm. out, not worked out. But um, you know, there is like the the intent is there, but I'm not sure what the phrase is. It almost like it spooked him a little bit because I feel that you know performances up until then had been you know pretty good. Like even if they weren't winning or if they were conceding late goals and drawing rather than you know holding on for for three points, it just seems like mm-hmm. that the nature of the defeat was almost like. You know, it's almost like it had sort of a, an effect on on Montgomery, and he, he almost seems to be afterwards. You know, the games that followed, he seems to be a little bit more not reserved, but like maybe a little bit more cautious, mm-hmm. just in in terms of how he was playing. And you know, obviously, something like that happens. It's very easy to to overthink it and sort of. I mean, it's, it's obviously it's, it's it's possible to overthink it beforehand. If you think back to the uh, Jude Lee Johnson's time in charge, when I think it was the first trip to Celtic. And I think he went with a slightly different formation and decided to start mostly kind of English speaking players. And this was all something to do with communication. And, you know, they got a horse to 6 1 and he made four subs at, at half time. And you think, well, you know, yeah, it's, you can't overthink these things. Um, but I just think, I think what Hibs fans want to see is they just want to see the team competing. They want to see the team knocking the ball about with a bit more urgency. I mean, obviously, the, the style that Mon- Montgomery plays, it is it can be quite laborious. It can be quite sort of mm. slow and ponderous. But, I mean, you do that against a team like Rangers, and I think you are going to get punished. Um, I mean, it might be it might be that they find it easier to play against a team like Rangers who aren't just going to sit back, you know, who are going to be sort of pressing heads, or they are going to be sort of on the front foot. And, mm-hmm. you know, that that might actually get, like, the best uh, out of heads, or if, if not the best, at least something better than what we've seen uh, in previous weeks. Because for me, one of the concerns is that, I mean, Montgomery talked so much about fitness in Dubai, you know, talk of double sessions, triple sessions in some cases. Um, you know, and you would hope that like having that time off to work on fitness and tactics, they come back and you could at least see, you could at least see sort of signs of that against Borfa. You wouldn't have seen too much, but you might have seen elements, but there was nothing. It was, you know, it was picking up where they'd left off, essentially. And that's the biggest concern for me. Obviously, you know, you would hope that a game under the lights against Rangers would be enough to kind of coax a bit more out of them. And, you know, if it is more of a kind of first eleven, then, you know, you would hope maybe there's a bit more 
a bit more kind of fluidity about the play and you know, a bit more kind of cohesion because there wasn't a great deal of that um, up at Station Park on Saturday. So I think, you know, so long as we're able to compete, so long as it looks more like, I suppose there's a plan in place rather than you know, just kind of hoping for the best, knocking it around. The number, number of times the centre-back stepped out on Saturday and, you know, could have pinged the Tyler wing and didn't. Mm-hmm. Just like, what's, what's that about? Like, I know it's windy. I know... I know you want to sort of keep possession, but it was just, you know, something needs to change, I think. The biggest concern as well, I think, is the fans are starting to turn a little bit. Um, You know, I mean, the booing at halftime, I'd expected there to be some jeering when the whistle went, but not as much as there was. And I think that's a a fair indication of just how poor the fare on show was. Yeah, we were very close proximity to it as well, so you could hear... Yeah. You could pretty much hear everything. I think you just talking there, um, you know, about the centre half stepping out. Um, I think shout of the afternoon did come from somewhere in the, the crowd behind me. Um, well, I think when Paul Hanlon stepped out um, with the ball, and he did, he got a kind of quite aggressive instruction from somewhere behind me to just effing run at them, uh, which I thought was a wee bit of, a, I mean, a slightly harsh thing to ask of your thirty-four-year-old centre half, um, but. I think you're, it, it was kind of, that was just a level of frustration that built with that first half because it was just so, I think the, you know, Montgomery did touch on it. They, you know, tweaked a few things tactically at half time and you could see that they were maybe getting into better areas afterwards. But I think you're, um, you're right about the, the, uh, you know, the kind of mood and the, the fans camp at the moment. I, I think it's, does that, you know, Put a bit of extra pressure on going into this Rangers game, and that you know Hibs really need to to show some sort of performance because, as I said, it was. I think you know when they got a, a hiding um, at Ibrox, um, the following week against uh, Celtic was much more, you know, organised, much more compact, mm-hmm. um, and it, it was interesting. You kind of you know you touched on. The, Montgomery maybe getting spooked a wee bit from that game at Ibrox. Almost looking back, it was you know. It was maybe where we saw the end of, you know, Hibs looking like they could score maybe two, three goals in every game. Obviously, they didn't look much the end like of the Yeah, it was the kind of end of the honeymoon period. I don't know if they were maybe slightly less expansive in games after that, as if he thought, you know, maybe I, you know, I need, maybe need to rein it in a wee bit because I think in those, you know, certainly up until those games, you know, you had, you know, Boyle and Yuan playing high and wide, and then it was almost it was. If I'm right in saying it was almost after that that, that Jair Tavares made his kind of way into the team and he offers you maybe a wee bit more defensively. He's not as, you know, a kind of out and out, you know, get to the byline type winger. He's got kind of, you know, tendency to come inside or he can go both ways. It's, I think it was kind of interesting you pointed that out. There was a wee bit of a turning point, um, that Rangers game in terms of, you know, what we were seeing from Hibs. But I suppose equally, um, you know, you've got them at home. Nobody's expecting you to get a result. You know, this could equally be a kind of if Hibs, you know, kind of turn up, put in a good performance. Who knows what might happen? It could be a turning point in the other direction. Yeah, it could be, and I don't think I don't think anyone really could have looked at how Hibs played against Rangers at Ibrox and thought they would get something from Celtic uh, the following week. Yeah. Even even though Celtic haven't had like you know the, the greatest um, sort of run of results in, in Easter uh, Easter Road in recent seasons. Um, you know, so there is there is obviously something there, and I think the frustration is that like fans aren't seeing enough of it, 
and whether that's on whether that's on the players, whether it's on the opposition affecting how they play, I, you know, it could be anything. But you know, there, there was a time when there was a time when any time Hibs played Rangers, and it was under it was under Alan Stubbs, it was under Neil Lennon, it was under maybe Jack Ross to a certain extent, but not certainly not to the same level um, as it had been under. Um, under the likes of, uh, as I've seen, Stubbs and Lennon, where you know Hibs could go to Ibrox, they could host Rangers and really give it like everything. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, they were sort of more than a match. Um, you know, they got the fair share of victories. You, you, you know, Hibs played Rangers, and you thought this is going to be kind of, you know, it could be another kind of three-two game. There could be five goals in this. There could be plenty of drama. There usually was, um, and it, it just feels like there hasn't really been much of that recently. And you know, I think that's almost kind of playing on the fans' mind as much as. You know, kind of just the general kind of I don't know what you call it. Um, alarm maybe seems a little bit strong. But just the sort of general, general kind of dissatisfaction with how things are, are currently going. And you know, I mean, obviously the Pips are doing their press conference tomorrow to preview the game. Whichever players put up, you can imagine them say, you know, these are the sort of games that bring out the best in us. You know, big crowd behind us, under mm-hmm. the lights. You know, playing Rangers, and you know, great, yeah. So. Go out and do it, you know. Like it's, it's, it's a perfect opportunity, as you say, for Hibs to, to kind of, if not turn a corner, show that they've got something. And you know, that's even even though they will be missing, um, you know, like e players. I mean, you would want you would want someone like Martin Boyle playing against Rangers, especially with his history against them. And you know, there's also there's, there's players who are injured, and you think, well, they could make a difference, or they have made a difference in the past. So. Yeah, it is. It's an opportunity for them to to kind of exercise the ghosts of Saturday, please. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you say, we we're not going to speak of that again after this uh, <laughs> after this video ends. Um, you know, but it is. You would hope that maybe like a return to league form and knowing what to expect will hopefully bring something better out of Hibs than than what we've previously seen. Um, that's that's the sort of optimistic view. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are plenty of factors you could say. Well. You know, we're not expecting much from this because they are still missing players, and you know it's probably looking highly unlikely that they're going to be able to bring in anyone who can affect the squads between now and kickoff. Although, you know, you never know. Who knows? Um, so yeah, I, I think it, a lot depends on on what Rangers turns up and what Hibs turns up. To be honest, but yeah, you know, even just a even just an improved performance, I think we probably you know buy a bit more uh, kind of appreciation from the fans than. Mm-hmm. Than was maybe on display at Station Park, and you know, I don't think you could really blame them for that. No, not too much. Um, but let's perhaps let's end it on that slightly more optimistic note that this is a big opportunity um, for Hibs to really kickstart their second half of the season. Um, but we're going to leave it there for now. Uh, thanks as always for joining us. Uh, if you're interested in hearing more from us through the week, uh, please do consider subscribing to our YouTube channel. Um, you get the details um, below there at Hibs Observer on YouTube. Um, in terms of more content on the website through the week, uh, Hibs will be doing the pre-match press tomorrow. Um, but as far as today goes, we'll be hearing from uh, Josh Campbell for the first time since he um, was ruled out with that ankle injury. Uh, so keep an eye on the website later tonight. <laughs> for uh, updates on that um, and yeah we'll leave it there Patrick uh, just want to say thanks very much for joining us and we'll be back again soon cheers cheers